All right, welcome in episode 165 of the Hot Crits Podcast. I'm Travis Chardon, Midtown Sports Grill. You know all about him by now, our title sponsor on Hot Crits Podcast. Football season right around the corner. I think we're like eight days away from pro football starting with the uh, NFL Hall of Fame game. College football around the corner, 24 days away from high school football starting. Uh, and we even got football. Uh, Women's World Cup going on as well. So all your sports, go watch them at Midtown Sports Grove, 4521 Habersham Street. Trivia on Thursdays, music on Wednesdays, open seven days a week, 11 a.m. to midnight. Go like their Facebook page, Midtown Sports Grove, title sponsor here and the number one sports bar in Savannah. Uh, Good place to watch BC football this fall. Good place to watch Georgia Southern, the Dogs. Uh, and like I said, basically any sports you can think of, all the beers, all the liquors you can think of, food, lunch specials, uh, it's just a fantastic spot. Good people, great food, excellent conversation. How about that? Tell them HGP sent you and they will hook it up. Midtown Sports Grill, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, let's get after it for 165th time. Hot Grits Podcast. I hate LeBron James. When God created Adam and Eve, the next thing he did was yell at the referee. But first, some sports. All right, welcome in. Episode 165. Different vibe in the air this week. Major championship vibes. Brian Harmon did it. Brian Harmon has won the British Open. I can't believe over the weekend the way the thing developed. Obviously, if you're listening to this, um, you know that we've talked about Brian Harmon in the past, when Spencer was on the show, um, you know, I've talked about it for a while, kind of just his weird, strange, prickly relationship with Savannah. I mean, we've talked about it, you know, in previous episodes. And, and so I want to start there before I start talking about my takes on Harmon's win, the media's reaction since then, um, and kind of where Savannah and Harmon go from here. I want to throw you guys back to April 2021. It's about a three-minute clip here. Spencer and I, right after Hideki Matsuyama won the Masters, um, we were talking about Brian Harmon, and the conversation came up about why Harmon isn't a bigger name in Savannah sports. We know he's not a big name in the world of sports, you know, in general, like as a whole, he's not even really a big name in the world of golf. I mean, most people outside of Savannah knew him as probably the short lefty that uses that big putter. That's like the way they think of him. And those would only be like diehard golf fans. So he's been around, I mean, you know, successful touring pro, but he was uh, one European headline, I think it was the Guardian. Uh, they said that something along the lines of he's been fighting irrelevancy despite being neither an underdog nor a superstar. 
which is a good way to describe Brian Harmon. But let's throw this clip back, and and then I'll break it down more. Um, Because Spencer and I were early on this. Two years ago, April 2021, talking about Brian Harmon. That sucks. Kind of made it boring. Yeah. What about Brian Harmon, Savannah guy? What'd you think? Eh, my dad was really jazzed up about that. I thought he played well. I was jazzed up. I found out I, I was tracking him like on Sunday. I, I was so sure that Matsuyama was going to win that I was on my phone on the ESPN Plus watching Spieth and Harmon play. Yeah. Just those two, that featured group. And neither was really in contention. But Brian Harmon has been really, really hot lately yeah. in terms of like top 10 if you're doing like. He's been playing well. Does he still live in Savannah? So this is a thing that a lot of people have said to me about Brian Harmon, and I don't think a lot of people get it. A lot of people are kind of rubbed the wrong way by Harmon because... I am rubbed the wrong way by Harmon, I'm not going to lie. When he's announced at first tease, and when you see his residence, it says St. Simon's Island. Right. That's where It says that's where he's from, St. Simon's Island. And that's not... Like, Brian Harmon is not saying he's from St. Simon's Island. That's where he resides. Yeah. If you ask him, he'll gladly tell you he's from Savannah. The PGA Tour.com has it from Savannah. Graduate of Savannah Christian. University of Georgia graduate. But I've heard that from a ton of people well, that have said, why doesn't he say he's from Savannah? Here's, here's, here's my thing. And I never knew that was a thing. Here's my hot take. And uh, don't hate me, Brian Harmon. Um Yo, if I was from Savannah and I was, I am from Savannah, but if I was on the PGA Tour, Savannah's really only claim to fame on the PGA Tour, you would have, I would have a billboard here. I would like, a field at Savannah Christian would be named after me because I would have paid for something like that. I don't know. I would be pouring money back. I I feel like it should be a bigger deal than it is. Like It it should be, but here's the thing. Like, there's a little bit, uh, and... I would own a car dealership here. I've interviewed Brian. <laughs> you know, I've interviewed Harmon a few times, and like, there's a little bit to me. It feels like a Shannon Sharp, Savannah State type vibe. And, and hear me out on this. I think Harmon's a little bit turned off by the fact that two weeks out of the year, his hometown essentially cares about him. I mean, hand up. We don't talk about Brian Harmon. We haven't. Yeah. Except for the Masters, and then the following week, this week at the RBC Heritage, which is his quote unquote home event. Right, I don't know. So, I follow him every every golf tournament. I check and see how he's doing. I, I guess we do, but like I know for a fact that he's said before something to this nature that it's we play a lot of golf tournaments throughout the year, and like having one close to home, having one close to Savannah, is you know a good a good thing and it's cool and I like it and all. But in the end, it's just one tournament out of a bunch. Like he right, he doesn't like to and so. So it's not like Savannah Christian's out there repping Brian Harmon super hard. Like, don't you think they should be doing True. a little bit more that's too, very, right? like, That's fair. That's fair. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I just can't imagine a situation where I wouldn't be extremely what if he won the involved. Masters? Like, what if Brian Harmon That would be them? crazy. That'd be nuts for Savannah. Like, yeah. that would be insane for Savannah. Like Straight up. Japan, cool, I guess, but Savannah, I think cool. everyone, I think, I, in fact, I know everyone that's a sports fan in Savannah knows who Brian Harmon is. If oh, nothing yeah. else. Oh, yeah. If nothing else. I, f- I feel like he should be a little bit more of a, like, Who's the second? You think Gene Sowers probably? Most famous golfer from Savannah, if you ask someone between the age of 10 and 50. Brian 10, Harmon. 10 and 60. Brian. It's Brian Harmon, for yeah. sure. I think second, Gene Sowers? Yeah. 
I didn't even know he's from Savannah. So Gene Sowers? That's on me. Yeah, that's on me. Holy Christ, man. Yeah. Nobody ever talks about that. You're, you're like, it's incredible. Some of the things you just live your life, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just go about it, dude. Dude, I do it right, just man. Wandering, I'm writing a book. Frolicking through the woods. Yeah. All right. So a little throwback there for you from April 2021. Um, I've already, I, yeah, I hear that and I already want to correct some things. My take has obviously changed since then, as many of my takes do over time. I'm sort of known for changing almost every one of my takes ever. But this thing with Harmon has always sort of been, you know, I think, I don't know, I don't know if it's the chicken or the egg type thing, but I know that this kind of thing would not pop into my head. And so for those wondering, like, why is he so fascinated or fixated on Harmon and, and Savannah and all that stuff is because I it's been brought up to me a bunch of times and usually the people are ill-informed like I you know like you just heard in that clip they think that Harmon somehow has this vendetta against Savannah and I don't think that's true now that's possible that's possible I mean we're we're about to hear some clips from Brian Harmon's post round performance uh, after winning the British Open this year. And this is a guy that can keep a grudge. The story has resurfaced recently about his match against Ricky Fowler at Oklahoma State when Harmon was at Georgia. And Fowler and his caddy did something on accident, you know, but it but it pissed Harmon off so bad that he said, I'm going to kick Fowler's ass now. And, and I think he won the next four holes in match play. Uh, and the legend of that story goes, and you can read uh, Mark Schlebaugh's account of it on ESPN.com. Um, Mark Schlebaugh, uh, his account of it has Ricky Fowler crying. So Brian Harmon once made Ricky Fowler cry in match play because of a perceived slight. So this is a guy that, like, there is potential for him to hold a grudge. We'll hear about him and the and the fans at Royal Liverpool and how that kind of motivated him and and all that stuff in, in a little bit. So I don't know if, if people think that Harmon, I think some people think wrongly that Harmon doesn't claim Savannah at all. And that's not true. It's just my thing is he puts it basically on the same level as Sea Island and or St. Simons and it could be because of one or two reasons it could be because of one or two reasons I'll give you those two reasons but first one year after that clip you and you just heard from Spencer and I one year after that I give my takes or, or two years after that I should say earlier this year in April after the RBC Heritage it was still on my mind some things had changed about my take at this point. Um, and I'd like to revise some things about this, but, but here's a couple of minutes of me and of Harmon earlier this year at Hilton head. This is episode 156 of the hot Grits podcast. Um, so this is April, 2023. Another guy that's playing better. Brian Harmon. He had a shot, especially after Thursday, but when people talk about Brian Harmon around here, it's always, why doesn't he rep Savannah more? Why isn't he more, more involved with Savannah Christian? Why does he say that he's from Sea Island? And 
there's merit to it. Every single time Brian Harmon is asked about this event, about it being a, quote, home course for him, he'll say the nice things. He'll say that he likes it here, but he won't ever mention being from Savannah. Never. On Thursday, after one of the best rounds of, of, of his PGA Tour career, folks, Less than an hour from his home, if his home is Savannah, as we know it is. He's asked about it. Two different times he's asked about it. Two different times he basically neglects to mention Savannah at all. Here's Harmon on Thursday at the Heritage. Local guys, talk about your, uh, your background with this place, kind of... Did you ever get a chance to play it uh, growing up and obviously in your amateur time yeah, up I got to a, now? Yeah, I got two uh, sponsor exemptions as an amateur, once as a junior and once when I was in college. Didn't do any good, but uh, was was thrilled to come over here. Uh, it was the first golf tournament I ever attended. I think I was 10 or 11 years old, so it's a it's a cool place. I love coming here. You know, you've been out there a long time now, uh, coming back here a long time. Does it still feel special, still feel like home? Yeah, it, it does. I, I love coming here. I mean – Golf is my job, and so I try to make it as businesslike as possible because if I get so wound up in who's coming and who's getting tickets and who's coming out to watch, like I just end up focusing on the wrong thing. So my job is to hit fairways, greens, and try to make putts, and whether that's here, Memphis, Tennessee, or you know New York City, it's all the same. All right, so there it is. I mean, it's not hard to figure out why Brian Harmon has some haters here in this city. I still root for him. He's still from Savannah, whether he admits it or not. So I'm always going to root for him. Okay, so like I said, I'm always going to root for Harmon. And maybe that's why I'm so interested in this thing, besides the fact that it's a historic win. I mean, major champs just aren't that common. I mean, they just don't exist. In fact, um, this year's British Open was the 466th major golf championship ever. 252 different human beings have won a major golf championship. In the history of all history, in the history of the world, uh, dinosaurs, cavemen, Pangea, Pangea, all those people, 252 of them have won a major golf title. And sure boy, Brian Harmon is one of them. He's, only, he's one of only three lefties to win, the Brit, to win the British Open ever. 151 years. 1963, some guy named Chuck. I honestly don't remember his last name, but I think his first name was Chuck, which, sound, which is a lefty name for sure. Uh, 2013 was some guy named Phil. Piece of shit, Phil. Uh, and then 2023, Brian Harmon. So threes are wild. It's also Brian Harmon's third ever PGA Tour win. $3 million he gets in the bank. The most ever awarded to a British Open champ. Uh, other British Open champs at Royal Liverpool. It, it, the list is crazy. The notables. Bobby Jones. Ever heard of him? Walter Hagen. Kind of famous. Roy McIlroy. He used to be good 10 years ago. And Tiger Woods, the big cat himself. So on the list of people that have won at British Open at Royal Liverpool, Tiger Woods, Bobby Jones, Walter Hagen, Roy McIlroy, Brian Harmon. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. 
That's crazy. Just to list those names and then add in Beharm. But sort of circle back. One of two things. Either Brian Harmon, and I, I don't know which one it is. Either Brian Harmon really is so uninterested in all of this stuff, and he really just wants to ride his tractor. Like, he really is that simple. Or he's that, I don't want to say psychotic, but that, like, mamba mentality, that selfish, you know, attitude that every golfer has to be innately selfish. Like, I will always believe that. I mean, it's the most selfish sport there is. You know, at least like in tennis, that's an individual sport, sure, but you're playing against another human being. There's nothing more individualistic than than the game of golf. And Brian Harmon has said that before. That's what he loves most about it. He came up playing baseball, but he didn't like the fact that he could pitch. Um, This was from a story in 2014 that I read um, leading up to this to this recording, he said something to the effect of, I didn't like pitching a complete game, giving up one run and losing one, nothing. And I had four hits and and pitched a complete game. Like he didn't like that aspect of team sports and he never got used to it. Even like by the time he was 11, 12, 13, when you should be growing out of that kind of thing, you know, where you get, where you start to understand that, okay, this is part of team sports. He did not accept that. So maybe there is something to the idea that not only is Brian Harmon like aware or, you know, holding a grudge or doing whatever intentionally, either he is, you know, there's something to the theory that Brian Harmon is intentionally not saying the word Savannah ever. I mean, you guys let me know when you hear him say the word Savannah publicly. And, you know, the most recent thing I can find is some, you know, something maybe like in 2015, 2016, something like that. Um, his last PGA Tour win was 2017. People are um, forgetting he did win uh, a, one of those tournaments that wasn't a PGA Tour event. It was like a co, you played with a partner. I don't know if it was the one down in Louisiana, but, you know, that's also a talking point. But so the thing with Harmon is a okay. We know the significance of him winning a major. Anyone that wins a major, that's significant. For our purposes, the rest of the world is calling it a boring major. But in the city of Savannah, while the rest of the world and you know rightfully so, they can make an argument that he's a boring champ. I mean, we've been complaining about. Harmon's sort of three-word answer mentality for a while now. I have, at least. I mean, normal people like you guys don't care about Ted. People that aren't trying to get quotes out of him don't care that he gives short answers. Okay, so that's not like a flaw of his. But it's another one of those things with Harmon that it could either be that he's blissfully unaware or that he's hyper-locked in. And that he's doing it all for a reason. After he won, the British press was insane in the way that they treated Harmon. It, it was like it was like they had in front of them uh, 
something that they found at Area 51 and they were just dissecting him to figure out uh, if they could learn something about this person from another planet. They, they, they would all refer to South Georgia, that he's from the South, as if the South was still the way it was in the 1800s. Which, contrary to what Jason Aldean might say, it's not. You know, we don't, we're not all marrying cousins and lynching folks down here. Like, it, we're, it, people can read down here. But Harmon's vibe, if someone from Great Britain in the press has that mentality of someone from Savannah, Georgia, which, who could blame them? They've likely never been here. We have preconceived notions that are mostly true, I think, about Brits, about British people and English people. So they probably have their preconceived notions. Brian Harmon would fit right into that. Tractor? Bow hunter? Little dip in the right pouch? Southern draw? Like, I mean, he fits the mold. And he leans into it so much, like, that by the time he wins the British Open... The first question out of the gates. Okay, next question, Andy. Hi, Brian. Um, I'm just wondering if, um, you know, as a, as a treat, and we've made a lot of your passion for hunting over the past few days, whether there'll be a hunting trip to celebrate, whether you'll go out, or seeing as you've won quite a lot of money today, is there money for a, a new rifle? Uh, uh, no, a I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a bow hunter, no new rifles. Uh, I did, uh, I had a nice week a couple of weeks ago and I bought a new tractor for my hunting place. So I'll get home and I'll be on the tractor uh, mowing grass uh, in the next week. I'll be very excited about that. So that's gonna be your reward, you're gonna ride your tractor? Yeah, I might take a whole day and just, just put my phone away and go get on the tractor. Can you tell us a little bit more about your tractor, please? Well, I haven't seen it yet. I've got a, I've, I've, it's, it's on order. We got a, It's a 105-horse Kubota tractor, and it's, it's going to be a pretty one. What color? Orange. Okay. So how many acres will you mow? Let's see. We've got about 25 acres of food plots that need, and gosh, I don't know how many miles of roads, but I'd, I'd call it probably 40 acres total that needs to get mowed. I'm a little bit lost because I've never known an open champion celebrate by mowing grass on a tractor. It's I got like... a lot of layers, man. I'm like an onion. <laughs> <laughs> will you just, sorry, I'll be my final question. You, will that be the place where you just lose yourself and come back down to earth from, from all this? It'll be your ultimate sort of chill out. My uh, family is up at uh, Lake House in upstate New York. So I'm going to get there tomorrow evening and then I'll spend three days with them and we'll do some fishing and I'll get to spend some really good time with my family. So that's where I'll disappear and then um, take it, take it from there. And how much was the tractor? How much? Yeah, how much it cost you? Oh gosh, um, I don't know. Probably, probably I, I can't. I, I haven't told my wife how much I spent on it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Harmon had these guys so bored, so befuddled with his dominance. And his yeoman's work with a big lead over the weekend, he just went fat side of the green. Two putt, two putt, two putt, one putt, one putt, two putt, two putt. I mean, he just played responsible golf. I mean, it was a lot like what Tiger did in 2019. But they couldn't believe it was just a little guy named Brian. What do you mean a tractor? Well, 
Well, what color was it? Please. I mean, that, that was a desperate reporter there. This guy needed 800 words stacked. Did you happen to uh, learn golf while you were on the tractor? Do you ever dream about, hey, Brian, do you ever dream about tractors? Brian, what's your favorite kind of tractor? Actually, Brian, give me your top five tractors all time. And then we can talk about your round. <laughs> Brian Harmon in the middle of that was like, he was like, eh, and your tractor? And Brian's like, yes. And it's, what color is it? Orange. I mean, if anyone can relate to that reporter, it's me. Like, I have asked questions not that dumb of Brian. I've never asked him about his fucking tractor. You dumb, you dumb Brit. Ask him about golf. But I have, I have asked Brian questions before where it's the one or two word answers. And I never, ever care enough to go back for another one. That guy came back four different times. Price of the tractor. What kind of tractor? Brian's like, I haven't seen it. So fucking funny. That wasn't the only non-golf moment. I mean, every single question they were searching. Every question. I mean, most of them were from European, but there were some American reporters in there uh, who you could tell were the sidebar story, which basically means they're the other guy for their website or for their publication or whoever they're there working for. They're not writing about, you know, Harmon's putting stats. They're trying to find a, a human story to make Brian Harmon a real person you know, by the time Monday and Tuesday of this week rolled around, so they could at least sell the post-tournament coverage because I'm guessing that they thought the whole world thought it was as boring as them. I think a lot of true golf fans can respect what Harmon did, and they and they saw what he was doing. He only hit one. He only had one bunker. I think he made like 54 consecutive putts at one point in time inside of 10 feet. I appreciate that kind of stuff. It's like Mayweather in boxing. You can argue that he just runs around and hides, but like, unless you understand the sport, you kind of sound a little stupid. Oh, so Brian Harmon played like basically flawless golf on Sunday. That does sound boring. Oh, is near perfection boring? He won a major by six strokes which never happens. Major margins are never six strokes unless you're early 2000s Tiger. Harmon did that boring. Talk tractor. Give us a tractor. And of course, he's from Georgia. So we got to mix in a, I mean, I'm sure Kirby was involved somehow. Didn't take long for Kirby to get involved in this win. Here's a, uh, an assortment of various clips from the presser. These are all pretty good. Uh, on Kirby's uh, influence, or lack thereof, on being friends with people that are tall as a short guy, and on the fact that Harmon clearly thought a lot of the people out there were shithoused, even though he never saw any beer carts. Here's some clips from Harmon. Yeah, uh, sounded like from uh, some of the fans that uh, 
I, I, I haven't seen any beer carts, but there must be tons of them out there. Brian, uh, did you speak with Kirby Smart last night? And if so, can you tell us how he helped you today? No, I didn't speak with Kirby. I just, I've been really impressed with the way that he's handled uh, success. And so I've always kind of, I just always pay attention when really successful people talk. You know, there's always clues there as to how they feel. And I, I just, I've always, I've admired the fact that even with all the success that he's had, it's all about the next play the next game, you know, the next week of practice. And he knows that the, you know, the results come because of, you know, what you do in the trenches. Uh, Brian, one of your best friends is Patton, who's six foot five. Uh, your caddy, I believe, is six foot three. Yeah, it's unfortunate for me. <laughs> the low amateur six nine. Yeah, fantastic, right? Have you ever thought to yourself, why do I hang out with so many tall people? I think it's just like a natural selection type thing, you know, like, yeah, just, just me, you know, law of averages, I suppose. John on the left there. Brian, which would you rather do? Would, um, hunt for a long time the most rare animal that you could possibly come across and kill it or Win that thing. No, we're not. I'm not hunting any rare animals. Um, I would, I would, I always say I, I love to, I love to hunt. We, we, we do it, but uh, I couldn't go hunting every day. Uh, I could, I could play golf every day. So to win what I consider is the greatest prize in, in, in golf is, is it's as good as it gets. And can I just check, did you say just now that you didn't use a rifle? No, I use a bow and arrow. All the time? Yes. And from what distance are you most deadly? You, you wouldn't be wanting to stand in front of me. I'm, I've, uh, I, I'm good out to about 80 yards, but I don't take a shot past 40. Wow. Explains your short game. Huh? Explains your short game. Yeah, good pair of hands. I mean, you want to talk about a person that truly doesn't understand what hunting is? And I've never been hunting in my life. I, but I think I know more than that last guy. So you're telling me you don't use a rifle? Yeah, bow and arrow. Oh, and, and wh where do you like to murder the animals? And you can hear some of the other reporters kind of chirping in the background or laughing in the background like, man, dude, these guys won't get a... It's like, it's like England has never heard of hunting. I mean, he's not up in the trees, you know, every night after his round trying to pick off civilians. Okay, he's not out there hunting rare animals or extinct. Would you rather hunt the most extinct animal in the world? Or, dude, if you want to ask that question, here's how you ask it. Brian, do you like hunting more than golf? Just ask that. By Christ, it takes them forever to get a question off over there. Hilarious. I mean, the articles all week were, they were just dumbfounded by Brian. Nothing makes me happier than the fact that Savannah, not just the USA, but Savannah went over there, won their freaking golf tournament, and came back to cut some grass, Bo. Came back to cut some grass. 
We got uh, we got grass, and we got what else? We got we got onions. I got a lot of layers, man. I'm like onion. (laughs) That's so funny to me. There's layers to me, man. And and I don't even know if the reporter gets that he's being a smartass. What color is the tractor? Boy, Harmon had them pissed. There were a couple of golf questions. There were a couple of insightful questions in the presser. It wasn't all about tractors, hunting, and Kirby Smart. Here's Harmon on why he thinks it might have taken him so long to win after winning. I guess Doug Ferguson asked him basically, like, what took it so long? Like, why do you think you haven't won as much as you might have thought when you first got on tour? I think because Harmon was such an amateur stud that people expected a lot of him. And he's had a great career, but he just hasn't been that guy until now. I mean, he's got time. He's only 36. You got to think reasonably, he could be like a top 25 top 30 betting guy in maybe four, five, six more majors, depending on where they're at. He'll be at Troon next year. He'll be at the Masters, obviously. But I want you guys to hear these two clips. Um, we'll start with, uh, we'll start with uh, Harmon talking about his incident with a Brit over there that obviously, uh, Obviously pissed Brian off in Ricky Fowler fashion. I think this Brit might have done what somebody in Savannah did to Brian a long time ago, and it pissed Brian off. Uh, so here's that, and then Doug Ferguson on uh, kind of some self-reflection from Harmon and what took him so long to get back in the winner's circle. Okay, look in the middle here. Uh, Brian, you um, had that one short round on Friday, and then you uh, had a couple of bogeys early on Saturday and again today. Um, you showed some serious resilience. What was going through your mind, particularly today, after those two early bogeys? Because like, a lot of men in your situation probably would have capitulated or might have um, shown further weakness throughout your round, but you held firm. After I made the second bogey yesterday, a guy, when I was passing him, he said, Harmon, you don't have the stones for this. That helped. That was the, that was the motivation? Yeah, that helped a lot. I think he was a... Uh, anyway, that, that helped. I mean, it just helped snap me back in, like, you know... I'm good enough to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through my process, and the next shot's going to be good. Okay, we'll go to Doug on the left. Brian, you talked earlier in the week about uh, wondering why you know you hadn't crossed the line more often in your career, and then you played one of the truly great performances here on Lynx Golf. How did that happen? You know, I've always had uh, self-belief that that I could do something like this. It was just... You know, when it takes so much time, you know, it's hard not to let your, you know, your mind falter. Like, you know, may, maybe I'm not winning again. I'm 36 years old. Game's getting younger. All these young guys coming out, you know, hit it a mile and they're all ready to win. Like, when is it going to be my turn again? All right, well, there is no more wondering when now for Brian Harmon. He's got it. I mean, he's got the thing that he always needed to solidify himself as a successful golfer. 
in his press conference, uh, and I don't, I don't have the clip handy, but um, it might have been in, in an interview, which Brian has been doing a lot of press on Monday and Tuesday. And on Tuesday, he was on with Dan Patrick, and I had already recorded some of this episode that you're listening to now, and you wouldn't believe it, boys and girls. He mentioned Savannah. Not only did he mention Savannah, but his quote sort of revealed some of the questions that I had, like, you know, was he actively ignoring Savannah? I didn't think that was the case. There was no reason to believe Brian Harmon was like, you know, holding a vendetta against the city of Savannah. And and nobody knows why it's like the greatest kept secret ever. I don't buy that. So he was on with Dan Patrick and this clip I, I thought was relevant so this was Tuesday, uh, a couple days after that awkward press conference uh, on the Dan Patrick Show on the Peacock Network. Who did you hear from that might surprise us after you won? You know, I, after after getting um, heckled so much on Saturday <laughs> and Sunday, it was just not surprising, but it was just really nice to hear from just everyone back home and I didn't even, I didn't even really, it, the thought never entered, entered my mind, but I saw a video from my home golf course in Savannah where they were, you know, watching. And I was like, man, I didn't even, I didn't even think that they would be doing that. It just didn't occur to me. Yep. You heard that correctly, man. He said the word Savannah and he said, he quote, didn't think they would be doing that. It didn't even occur to me, end quote. So he's not even thinking about Savannah and people following him here. And I'm starting to wonder, does he even know like that people here were going nuts all over Facebook and stuff? Go on his Twitter. He hasn't tweeted in three years. He was on Pardon My Take, the uh, Barstool Barstool Sports Podcast uh, this week as well. And they asked him that, can you tweet? Um, and so it's not like he's like in touch with all this kind of stuff. I mean, again, tractors, kids, bow and arrows, no rifles though. I mean, this is a guy that's like, if there's anyone in the world that doesn't know what's happening on social media, it might be Brian Harmon. And you just wonder, like, he might see the big accounts like the PGA tour Instagram account, but He's not seeing all the random like Tim Smiths in Savannah that are posting like, go Brian, let's go Brian, let's go Brian. And I'm sure a lot of you listening saw that. And I wonder, I, I think if, you know, I don't know if Brian has someone like this, but if someone points his attention to that and maybe somebody did before he went on the Dan Patrick show, maybe that's what led to him saying that. You know, cause the Southbridge watch party that was happening all over the place. Like that's special. Cause that was Brian's club. Um, but there were little groups of four and five dudes all across Savannah or families or one or individual guys or people that had to work and they were trying to watch it on their phone just to see the ending. Just to see, like, that's a cool moment. It's a really like unique moment. And I doubt it sunk in for him just yet, but you know, his life's going to change significantly moving forward, whether he wants it to or not. 
He's a lock for the Ryder Cup now. He just won $3 million and the Claret Jug, which, by the way, I wonder if the Claret Jug's ever going to come to Savannah. Like, he, he has no obligation to bring it to Savannah, but he said he's never going to let it come, like, go out of his sight. And I'm not sure the last time that he's been to Savannah. His parents still live here, I think. I think they still live at the same house in Southbridge. Man, could you imagine, like, staking out the, the Harmon house, waiting for the Claire Jug? <laughs> so now we're on Claire Jug Watch. Will it ever make its way into Savannah? I doubt it's ever been here, ever, since 1899. I think it's, like, the earliest incision on there. That'd be tight. We're familiar with old stuff here, Okay. Uh, what else are we familiar with? Renaming squares. What about Harmon Square? I think we already have a Harmon Street that I think would be safe. Name it. You could. I mean, you could name it anything you wanted to. Tractor Square, Orange Tractor Square. So I'm happy for Brian Harmon. Uh, it's cool seeing him all. I'm sure you're going to see him all week. Um, you know, on various sports shows and all this all these kinds of things and, and you know, all these stories are probably going to come out about them. And, and it's really cool. It's cool. And now that we got the bugaboo out the way, we got the first Savannah mentioned. We got that out of the way. He's, I mean, he's a major champ. If we can get this guy to start echoing our name, creep up the rankings a little bit. We could ride on the back of Brian Harmon, five foot seven, Brian Harmon. The waggle and all. It would be a bumpy ride. We'd have to make a lot of trips. But I'm happy he's getting his time in the spotlight. You know, everyone dogging it, saying he's a boring winner. Look at the guys that he beat. You know, that's like just another reminder. None of these guys are Tiger Woods. Because if you're John Rahm, you want to be one of the greatest ever? Go run down Brian Harmon to get a major. McElroy, you any good? Go run him down. It's on them, not Brian Harmon. Because if one of them made a move late Saturday or Sunday, and by them I mean Fleetwood, Rom, Scheffler, Hovland, McElroy, Cam Young. All those guys could have pushed Harmon into being way more aggressive, way less safe. They could have made it a way more exciting open. But they never did. He ran away with it. And it was special, just a special weekend in the sporting history of Savannah. And turns out that Brian Harmon... <laughs> Right on brand that, that Brian Harmon, quote, didn't think, didn't even occur to me. Unbelievable. Orange tractor and all. The onion. So I fun. got a lot of layers, man. I'm like an onion. <laughs> all right, we talk a lot about World 
championships, uh, Super Bowls, titles of all kinds. But there's one guy, one man who knows all about championship mentality. And that's our guy, Johnny Carr. You guys know him. You love him. Uh, he's the 38-time Realtor of the Month at Seaport Real Estate. I wouldn't just make that up either. Here's what you do. If you want to buy or sell real estate in the Savannah area, text or call John Carr today, 912-228-0916, 912-228-0916. John is a native of Savannah. He knows this city like the back of his hand. And I promise you one day of interacting with Johnny Carr, and you'll know why we vouch for him so hard on this podcast. He gets the job done, and he's a top five nice guy all the time. What else could there be? Plus all those records for Realtor of the Year. I mean, this guy's got it all, full package. John Carr, check him out today, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, 912-228-0916, 912-228-0916. John Carr, Realtor, segment sponsor here on the Hot Grits Podcast. All right, the Braves sort of sputtering here through the opening parts of the second half. Trade deadline approaching here on August 1st. There will be another Hot Grits Podcast before then, but right now, right now, late Late Tuesday night after the Red Sox beat the Braves. The Braves are 64 and 35. Four and six in the second half, 10 and eight in July so far. 12 and eight over their last 20. Here's the thing, and you don't need me to tell you this. 10 and eight for the rest of your 18 games. Every 18 games, 10 and eight will be fine. Every 10 games, four and six, that two would probably get you a buy in the playoffs, to be honest. And that's something to watch here with this Braves team. Like, they have their biggest lead of the season heading in to the second game against Boston in the NL East. So after losing four or after losing six of ten, they've gained two games in the NL East standings over the Marlins. I think they're 11 up heading into Wednesday's games. On the Phillies, 11 and a half. On the Marlins, I think 12 up in the loss column on both those guys. Their magic number, the Braves. Probably a little early for that, huh? 52. The magic number. Um, Where do we want to start? Let me rattle off a couple more projections. Uh, then we'll talk about the additions. Maybe some names that they could... Try to get before August 1st, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 19.4% World Series odds. That's kind of been that way for a while now. They started the season 12.8 World Series odds. 37%, 36.8 to win the NL. Right now, the current projection with the Braves at 64 and 35. 100.8 wins. 61.2 losses, so they're right there at that 100-game threshold. And again, I, I have the Braves probably winning somewhere between that 98 and 103 range. Realistically, 93 probably gets it done. We don't want that, though. Last year, the Braves had to take off I don't remember how many days it was, but the Phillies got to play the Cardinals. They didn't get to. They had to. The Braves got to sit back and relax because they won the East in that new format. And a lot of people think that it kind of slowed the Braves' momentum. After they ran down the Mets, they had to sit out, and, and then the Phillies beat them. So 
this whole second half is going to be like that. This whole second half for the Braves is going to be like that five-day stretch when they waited for the outcome of Philadelphia and St. Louis last year before losing in the NLDS. So they're going to have to bide their time. Six and four, six and four. Win six of ten. Bring guys back, start getting guys back in. Max Freed. I had originally predicted him to start the last game of the month against the Angels. I still think it'll be that Angel series. The 31st, first or second, off day on the third, then the Cubbies in Chicago. Um, if the Braves were to hit a rough patch, and after Wednesday, after they leave Boston on Wednesday, they're off Thursday, six games at home against Milwaukee and then against L.A. So two good teams, neither one of them. You know, Braves just took a series from Milwaukee, so neither one of them are too tough of a team for the Braves as they currently stand, but the team could look different. By then, they could look different any day now. Anthopolis already making moves uh, of note. Soroka optioned down. Taylor Hearn acquired. Yanni Chirinos acquired. Pierce Johnson acquired. Um, like we said, Max Reed coming back off the IL probably after his last rehab start this week. They need him. Because Big Chuck looks like he's wearing down. Bryce Elder, rough rough go of it. Strider, if you can, you've built up such a lead. Boy, you'd like not, not to have to. You'd like to be able to every now and then maybe give him six or seven days off. Just kind of coast here down the stretch. So that's why I think some of these moves were and remember Anthopolis in 21 when he went on a flurry right there before the deadline, including Iglesias. Was it Iglesias last year? Anyway, in 21, when they got Solaire, Peterson, Rosario, those moves started happening around this time, about five, six days out. Peterson happened after Acuna went down. But they kind of started tr- trickling in. And so I don't think the Braves are done, but it sort of gives you a hint as to where they're at. Like, I don't think anyone they acquired. Pierce Johnson, the, the, the bullpen guy they acquired. And Hearn's a bullpen guy too, but he could also be a stretch guy like McHugh. Sort of. He has trouble throwing strikes sometimes. Pierce Johnson for Colorado has a six-something ERA. His splits are pretty good, though. For away games, that's what the Braves liked, and they didn't give up much to get any of those guys. So again, low risk. Um, I, I think the most important thing right now is to get Freed back and let's put some eyeballs on this guy. Let's see what he looks like. They got Young Handsome swinging the thing again. He's swinging a good bat. Ozzy Albies, I love the way he's playing right now. Marcelo Zuna, no comment. But look, Acuna, 332, 23 jimmies, 58 RBIs, 46 stolen bases. The Braves have a legitimate shot at having one, two, three, four 
100 RBI guys, Matt Olson, Ronnie Baseball, Austin Riley, Ozzy Albies. I don't know how many 400 RBI guys have ever been on the same team before. Probably not a lot. Probably not a lot. The Lady and Sons Restaurant, a segment sponsor here on the Hot Grits Podcast, 102 West Congress Street, Lady and Sons. You guys probably know the name, Paula Dean, Jamie Dean. Uh, They have their restaurant, obviously, at 102 West Congress Street, but then the store right next door, literally right next door to the restaurant, also on Congress Street, open seven days a week, 11 to 9. Monday through Thursday, and then 11 to 10 on Friday and Saturdays. 912-233-2600. 912-233-2600 is the number for Lady and Sons. Find them on Facebook and ladyandsons.com. I mean, everyone like knows the Braves need some pitching help. We know that, but I would like to see, The bench is just like, it's not very good. We all assume like, oh, okay, whoever's not catching, darn it. But like, that's not a trigger that's that easy to pull. And with the DH spot available, being able to mix and match in those playoff series, it's huge. So it'd be nice to have a, a, a quality lefty, a quality righty, and, and maybe some speed. Tony Kemp in Oakland, he's on a one-year deal, $2 million left cheap. I love Wilmer Flores in San Francisco. He can play all over the diamond. He posts almost always healthy. I love him. Don't know if the Giants are in summer. They're like four or five games over 500 though. But the Braves are getting a first-hand look at the Red Sox right now and Nick Pavetta James Paxson on the pitching side. Both of those guys could theoretically help the Braves. Paxson's on a one-year deal. So, you know, Anthopolis loves team control, but some of these guys, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that you don't have to pay them except for the next couple months, and then they're off the book. So it's not like a long-term commitment. Carlos Santana in Pittsburgh, he always has professional at-bats. He'd be a nice guy to stick on the bench from Pittsburgh. He could play first base if something happened, but really he'd just be the lefty, first lefty pinch hitter off the bench if Rosario is already in the game, you know? Interesting. Interesting. A lot to watch. Um, Retraction from last week. Georgia and the AJC, like, I'm not going to get back into it. The Dodd guy gets fired because of the second article. If you listen to what I talked about, the June 9th Atlanta Journal story was reported by the AJC's news desk, not just Alan Judd. Uh, I didn't know anything about the guy's past, obviously, but it doesn't take away from anything I said. It doesn't take away the facts of what happened. Um, as far as all the speeding tickets goes, it was Judd's trying to take that from speeding to sexual abuse two weeks later in sort of a columnized piece of journalism. It was a weird, it was a weird play. I, I didn't get that. And then the AJC, a bunch of fucking cowards. They let the man write it 
Then when Kirby said, fire him, they fucking came to and fired him. So everything that I thought was true, that Kirby was the most powerful man in the state, is true. And I'm not saying I'm mad about it. I want the dogs to win every game. And Kirby's the best coach in the country right now. But facts is facts. All right, on the next Hot Grits podcast, Georgia Southern at Sunbelt Media Days. Um, watching them on Wednesday. Uh, so they've already gone, if you're listening to this. Wednesday in New Orleans, um, they are predicted to finish fifth in the Sunbelt by the Sunbelt coaches, voters, uh, or coaches poll and, and media voters, I think. Um, fifth in the Sunbelt East. But we'll, we'll talk more about them, probably get Mikey on. To talk about the Eagles, um, let's see, what else? Oh, HGP Celebrity Death of the Week. Hot damn, did we have a lot. First, a couple of HGP Celebrity Birthdays of the Week before we get out of here. Happy birthday to my dad. He's turning 69, July 26th. Nice. Happy birthday, Pop. Spencer, July 27th, probably turning. Spencer's seed is probably seed ceiling. He's probably turning 42. On July 27th. So birthday is all around. Uh, celebrity deaths of the week. We could have gone anywhere. Twitter is becoming X. Um, Bronny. He almost tried to mess around and become the youngest HCP celebrity death of the week winner of all time. I mean, we almost had uh, a unanimous HCP CDOTW. I think I'll go with. Uh, I think I'll, I'm going to go with small towns. Small towns that um, you know aren't proud of like chasing people down and and lynching them, and they don't make a big stink out of things that are hundreds and hundreds and thousands of miles away from them. Talking to you, Jason Aldean, you don't speak for all of small town America. That sucks for for all the small towns out there that are like, damn. Here we are, not racist, and now all of a sudden, Jason Aldean's our mayor. <sighs> what a dumb fucking song. Right on brand with country music, too. And then immediately, both sides. The left, the right. Like, the left and the right should like are involved in country music. You guys can keep that, that politics. Keep that politics. I'll take the sports. Until next time, until episode 166, stay safe, wash your hands, you filthy animals.
Savannah's premier indoor baseball training facility, SBPA is owned and operated by Ross Howard, and together with instructors who have played college and professional baseball, Ross and SBPA offer customized instruction year-round for baseball and softball players, full-length batting cages, pitching mounds, and a state-of-the-art technology to measure improvement are just a few of the highlights over at the Academy. Call Ross at 912-484-5282 and visit the Savannah Baseball Performance Academy on Facebook for programs, teams, camps, and more information about how to take advantage of this great venue. Savannah's only year-round indoor baseball facility, Ross Howard, our guy, give him a call, 912-484-5282.